Hey guys, welcome to the eighth podcast of Comic Book Debate. I'm your host, as always, Shiraz Faruqi, and I'm joined by my brother, Zayan. What's up, guys? My cousin, Umar. What's up? And my other cousin, Samir. Hey, guys. So, uh, today's a special podcast. You know, we're not running with any guests this time. There's no uh, big superhero movie release to cover. Uh, we're actually chilling at Umar's home court for this podcast, taking a little uh, Eid vacation uh to Canada. So recording this right now, just chilling. And uh, let's just get into it. I think we, this time we had you guys actually submit questions to us through Twitter and Vero. So I think uh, we can knock some of them out of the way. We'll also talk about uh, Black Klansman. Uh, it's a movie we all saw recently. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. And uh, we'll discuss, uh, maybe we'll Take a few minutes to discuss all of our favorite films of all time, you know, regardless of... I think we'll just jump around. Yeah, we'll jump around. We'll, we'll see how uh, things go. But, you know, you want to start with some of the questions? Maybe Zian can throw one out and we'll just kind of see how it goes. So what was the first question we got? You can say the name of the person who said it to if you want. Yeah, I guess this is like an easy one to start with. I mean, this is from Derek um, of Comic Fade. Oh, yeah. Great Comic Fade, great site. Yep, good guys. Check them out at Comic Fade. So he asked, who are your favorite supervillains and why? DC and Marvel. So you want to start it off, Zion? Just say your favorite. Well, I mean, DC. I think it's obvious. Joker number one for me by far. I mean, he just his he's just a, such an insane character, and just examining his psyche and seeing what he's all about is just so like interesting to me. And I think like as a villain, he's unmatched. All I mean, all all Batman's villains were really good. Honestly, That's all true. Batman's That's villains. True. His Rose right? Gallery, yeah. Pretty good. Like the Batman centric villains, really good. Um, Dark Side, Lex, they're all pretty, pretty good. But out of my favorites, I would say, uh, yeah, Joker. I mean, honestly, Joker. I think Joker's a fan favorite of everybody. So I, mine would be Joker too. I mean, I guess if we're talking about Marvel, and I mean from the MCU, I think Killmonger is my favorite villain. Dude, his yeah. his his backstory was uh, so touching. Yeah, it was lit though. Yeah, yeah true. And then for me, well, you have something to say? For me, I'm thinking, uh, again, you guys know I'm a Superman shell, so I'm going to go with Superman villains. But even though this is like a major DC villain, a dark side, I think uh, we were just talking about it a few hours ago, uh, the four of us, but like dark side's motivations are so unique and so uh, specifically tailored for him. And people like Thanos, who are also great villains, we just saw him in Infinity War, they were based off of dark side. So I think uh, giving some love to the OG, in a sense, uh, I'll give love there. So good. Thanks for the question, Derek. Uh, Zian, give me the next question, man. All right. So this is from a longtime supporter, Qual Monster G. Oh, nice. Um, he asked a fun question. Outside of Marvel and DC, what are some other nerd things you guys like? Everything. <laughs> Literally everything. Yeah. Lucky, that's true. But I, I went mean, to everything. For me, like Lord of the Rings at the top of like everything. Star like, Wars. So. Like Lord of the Rings, like six out of five for me. You know, like no films it's have been able to touch the magnificence of those films. 12 hour Honestly. journey. Yeah. But right. I mean, aside from that, I love Harry Potter as well. Star and Star Wars. Wars. I mean, we have a touch on almost everything. Like, I think the only one we aren't really into is Star Trek. No, but even then, like, you know, like, he talked about great guy, but he talked about like all nerd things. I mean, there's nothing that we don't like get our hands with. Like, video games, we're playing it, we're playing uh, anime. anime. Like, it's like, there's a wide palette. And that's the great thing about being like a nerd and kind of embracing the geek world there's so many things to tap into and uh find comfort with and again i'll back up everyone saying lord of the rings 
uh, is like the apex fam- uh, fantasy uh, genre adventure. And Samir mentioned Star Wars and, of course, Harry Potter. We all literally... Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, we are actually the Harry Potter generation. Yeah. Like, in the sense that we got an experience <laughs> with Harry Potter that no one else will. That we grew up with Harry and Ron. Yeah, like, every year you would, yeah. you would look forward to Harry Potter. That's why, that's yeah. why I remember, like, yeah. Harry Potter 7 came out. We, yeah. You had that feeling that... It was the end of the journey. It the end of the journey, yeah. And I, I remember when Harry Potter 7 came out. It was 2012, the part 2. And that's when I was graduating high school. So it was kind of like my journey through uh, middle school, high school was actually coinciding with Harry. So Harry's final year beating Voldemort was the year I graduated high school. So it's like that's it's being it's yeah it's especially you see Harry growing up and going through all his phases, and you're going through the same stuff at the same time, and it gives you actually an extra experience that I think someone who watches now, like yeah. ten years after the fact, uh, they'll get a different experience. Not to saying like Harry Potter is a timeless. Uh, uh, timeless property so i think everyone can enjoy it but i think we since we were the first generation to kind of get the books and everything i mean uh, i was kind of young when that came out i mean i'm younger i'm like a lot younger than the rest of the group right. <laughs> so true. if we're talking about the endings like uh, going back to lord of the rings that the ending for lord of the rings by far the greatest ending to anything Dude, no, yeah, that's like, like if so you bad. haven't seen it i really recommend seeing it. yeah Dude, that's so that good and you can make a grown man cry yo it's grown no, grown man tears yeah grown man tears yeah yeah but that's uh again we said anime, Menomi and Zion watching Dragon Ball. Umar's, Samir is always watching something, right? Sword so, Art Online. Sword Art Online, right? Yeah, everyone thinks that's a cancer in anime or something. <laughs> yeah. good, you gotta enjoy it, you gotta enjoy, enjoy right? It. And we watch Boruto. Boruto, right? Oh, nah. Uh, yeah. oh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into the, an- I'm not into the anime stuff. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to Naruto. I'm not into anime stuff. Naruto, Fairy Tale, One Piece. Yeah, so Samir knows more anime than the rest of us. Yeah, One, Punch, yeah. Man One Punch Man's good though, yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones counts in everything. Yeah, yeah Game of Thrones, everything, that's yeah, part of that. Game of Thrones lit. Game of Thrones better than Logan. Oh, no, no, chill, chill. Yeah, 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 keep it chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with that, you have to move to the next question. Uh, because yeah, Samir, before yeah, blasphemy yeah, gets you went too far. Don't, don't, right. don't, don't, don't say stuff like that. Good. Listen, the ripoff is Camp Brendan. First of all, chill out. Just chill out with that. Dude, Aragorn singing is better than freaking the whole thing. Yeah. So here's another fun question we can do. It's a nice easy one. Um, this is from at farman underscore bond 7 Thanks for the question. Bet. Um, so he asked, how would you rank the Marvel Netflix shows? All right. So, Ooh. Samir, you want to start that Ooh. one? Uh, Daredevil, Luke Cage, um, Jessica Jones, and then Iron Fist. Where would you and put Defenders in that? Defenders, I, I wasn't really fond of it. I think, I think I put that, I don't know, tied with the Iron Fist. All right. So, yeah. Miles my, my is the same. Low-key. What do you got? Low-key. Low-key. Yes, I think ours are all pretty similar. I mean, I have Daredevil is like the gold standard of Marvel Netflix. I mean, they all follow similar palettes, but I think Daredevil just Daredevil captured that idea and ran with it. So that'll be number one. Luke Cage, number two. JJ, number three. Then Defenders, then Iron Fist. But I mean, season two of Iron Fist was really good. The trailer. Yeah, that trailer is good. Loki, it looks good. Uh, I think my list is very close to Zion. I would say, even if you want to divide it by season, I would say even. Daredevil season one, I think, is still like the top of the list same, of where same. Marvel Netflix goes. I like season two a lot. Also, I think I think you could put both by back to back. I like Luke Cage season two. That was really good. That was then so I would good. say either Jessica Jones season one or Luke Cage season one. Probably toss up. I would say Jessica Jones. Season Jessica one. Jones maybe then Luke Cage and then the lower tier I would say would be Iron Fist. Jessica Jones season two. I thought that wasn't that great. And Defenders is in that area also. And that's not knock it. Defenders is fine. But I just I don't think the chem I don't think the chemistry between all the heroes worked as good as um, people thought it would. So that's one of the issues with that. 
Uh, next question, I guess. All right. So the next question is from uh, one of our writers, Haroon Sharif. Oh, Haroon, yeah. Get your his Shout site, out. Cinema Cure. Yep, he's doing he's doing good stuff, and I'm looking forward to his next article. Uh, for our listeners, it's going to be a Kylo Ren piece, so I think you guys will enjoy it. All right, so he asked, which upcoming CB comic book film are you most hyped for? And the caveat is that you can only choose one film, each of us. Oh, damn. So, it's going to be tough because it's like... And it was the question just for this year or for next, all any, any year going um, forward? It's open-ended, so... Open-ended. All right. You have to... Let's just keep There's only like two left this year. What's though. confirmed and now what's like speculation. Right, so no speculation yeah. films, just the confirmed films are yes. scheduled to release. Yeah, let's just assume that. All right. So, Umar, you want to start this one? Yeah, anyway. It's Avengers 4. It's Avengers 4. Oh, who's mad at this? <laughs> Boy, you can kill off the universe. Mm-hmm. I want to see what, what the... Yeah, well, Loki, like, Loki. Uh, Avengers 4 is up there for me too, but honestly... You know me, I'm hyped for Batman. Like, bring it on, let's go. Like, yeah, this is it. At least that's I want a Batman film. Ben Affleck guy? Yeah. Yo, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> we, had, we spent a whole podcast on that, I think, right? <laughs> True. So, Samir. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, more than uh, Avengers 4? Aqua, Venom. Yeah, I mean, I, I would lean towards Avengers 4 only because that's kind of the linchpin of the whole three phases of Marvel. Like, it's going to end one incomplete phase of Marvel and the next one's going to begin. Um, other than that, I mean, Wonder Woman uh, 84 could be good. Uh, uh, Shazam could be good. But I think there's a different level of hype because there's so much investment put into yeah, what Avengers is putting into. But all, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i excited for all of them. You know, I, I would love, as much as like, you know, Zion got to root for Batman, but I can't really say that I'm rooting for Man of Steel because they haven't announced anything. But, uh, they have it on Supergirl. That looks pretty interesting. So I guess there's, there's things to look forward to. But I think number one would be Avengers 4 for sure. Boy, they might confuse Loki. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for the next question, we'll jump into actually one of our Vero questions that have been submitted from Tio Vucic. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a longtime supporter. Yeah. Nice. So he said, if you had to choose only one DC movie to be made for the next 100 years, what would it be? Who would direct it? Score it, and who would be the cinematographer? <laughs> that's a that's a nice question. Yes. Just, it actually leads into what we're saying. Umar, who wants to start? You want to start it? Samir, you start. I can start. I I start. 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 Well, of course, it'd be. Actually, it's, actually, it's not easy. Because you have to make a new lucky. movie. You got to make yeah, a new movie. Lucky. Like if it's only one, DC you're basically making your dream movie. So yeah, I'm waiting for you to break the ice. Let's go. <laughs> Loki, I just want a good Batman solo film. Like I'm actually not. So who are you? Who you I'm not that big on big event films, even though I like them. I just want a grounded character-driven Batman film. No, bro. I can't, I can't agree with that. Director? Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Come back. Um, uh, <laughs> yo, that'd be lit. Okay. Uh, score. Let's see. Who, who would score? Zimmer. Zimmer? I mean, we already got him in Nolan. Like, yeah, I don't want... Yeah, I don't think... He, I don't think he should do his, again, He like, wouldn't even score... I, I, he wouldn't even score uh, this Batman anyways. Yeah, he wouldn't. He, he, he wouldn't. Who did the uh, Klansman score? Oh, I don't even remember. Wasn't it Terrence Blatchett? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah it was. I mean, he did an amazing job with Klansman, so honestly, yeah, I wouldn't mind him. letting him test his skills with the Batman. All right, so cinematographer. I mean, who else but Larry Legend? Well, of course, Larry, Larry, Larry. Pick Larry, Larry Legend. Unmatched. All right, uh, who wants to go next? <laughs> Are we switching directors and cinematographers? Or? No, you can pick whatever. Pick whatever. Make whatever dream was like. It's kind of like no, W. No, gave you a blank check. You missed like a category, like cinematography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of yeah. answer it off. Yeah. So who wants to go next? Yeah, wanna... I'll have to disagree with the Zion Batman choice because yeah, yeah. because of the Christopher Nolan trilogy that already came out. I don't want to see like a one Batman movie for the next hundred years. How you gonna play like that? <laughs> How you gonna... So yeah. what would your choice be then? You have any, anything in your mind? It could be Marvel, DC. It doesn't matter. 
Any character. I think it was DC. DC. It was DC actually. It was DC. Yeah, yeah, specifically yeah. DC. All right, all right. So it has to be a DC movie. Right. I guess I'll go. Maybe I'll make I'll the Dark One. Because you're only one for the next hundred years, so you have to go all in mm-hmm. for some crazy movie. I'm thinking a Justice League movie directed by Peter Jackson. Directed by Shaw. Directed by me. I don't know. Directed by Peter <laughs> Jackson. No. Peter Jackson. Samir. Samir. Score room. Peter Jackson as the director. Justice League as the movie. Like an all-out crazy Justice League movie. Lord Cinematographer. Lord of the style. But I would love to see... Imagine Larry Fong working with Peter Jackson. That's an interesting combination. I would love that to see how that plays out. Thing. So, well, shout out to Larry. I'll choose him also. Larry with Peter Jackson with the Justice League. And then what do we got? Cinematographer? Or you do cinematographer? Yeah, score. Score. Uh, yeah, we go Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Tried and true Hans Zimmer. Yeah, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, he can run with that. Oh, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman, yeah. Who did you say Danny Elfman? Howard Shore. Howard Shore. Let me just make sure. Uh, yes, Howard Yeah, I think it was Howard Shore. Yeah, Howard Shore. He's... I would love to put Howard Shore pairing up with Peter Jackson Yeah, I mean, well. he could handle an epic film. Yeah, so. that'd be good. So, you have a film in mind? Any dream film? I don't. Just pick some random film. Like, oh, I want like a freaking Lobo film with... Michael Bay. What's it coming out? <laughs> Michael Bay. <laughs> nah, I'll say Man of Steel 2. Man of Steel 2. Zimmer, same, same guys before and Larry Fong and Zimmer talking about. Uh, because bad, he no. actually, if you want the truth, he actually took what I was going to say. I was going to say like Lord of the Rings style just like... Why don't you jump in and say it? Alright, Samir, so what, what do you got? That was super hot. Live action. Flashpoint? Tarantino. No, Tarantino? Tarantino. Tarantino. Imagine Tarantino on a... On a superhero movie, that would be pretty crazy. No, I, heard <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to do it though. He's doing Star he Trek. It killed, but that's a comic. That's a comic uh, book style movie. All right, yeah. so next question. I mean, this so good. This question is another question from Vero. Is I guess it's kind of tied into kind of this question we just did. This is from Umar, not our Umar, but Umar mm-hmm. Mihanovic. Okay, also from Vero. Shout out, shout out. Um, who are your favorite cinematographers and directors? Which genre do you like most besides comic book movies? Any movie that stands up particular for you, be it for the story, acting, or cinematography in general? It's a good question. It's a lot. It's a I lot. Mean, three we, parts. Let's each of us handle one part. It's a lot. It's a lot. But the movie we watched today could answer that question. Yeah, a lot of it. So, what's the first part of it? So, the first part is who are your favorite cinematographers and directors? All right. So, my favorite cinematographers: uh, Zack Snyder, uh, Christopher Directors, Nolan, Peter Jackson, uh, Peter Jackson Tarantino. Uh, uh, for people who know Curry's the Cali Dog, Tarantella also. <laughs> Tarantella. Look, yo, right. Benton Tarantella is looking at right. uh, like Search him up. All right. And then cinematographers, uh, Mokri from Man of Steel did a great job. Larry Larry Fong, obviously. There's a lot of guys, a lot of people. Well, there's two that come out. Uh, <laughs> the no DCEU shillness right now is still. You only I, know two, don't you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but that coming in my head. I, I just forget Dude, the Kubrick. Don't all those guys. Kubrick, Kubrick, yeah. So, Samir, what are some of your favorite directors? You basically named them all. Yeah, yeah you named, named all. Yeah, all yeah, the, yeah, so what's, next, what, what's the film part? Like, oh yeah, like the, uh, favorite film that means out. Oh, it's like a meaningful film, right? Um, which genre do you like the most besides CB comic books? All right, favorite genre that's not comic books. Action. Action, oh, yeah. Like action. Like Locked Mission Impossible is Yeah, Mission Impossible is great. It's like two hours of just you go in, have yeah, fun. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the roller coaster. What about you? What about Samir? I have to go to fantasy. Yeah, I love fantasy as well. For me, same. Yeah, sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, sci-fi fantasy. I like sci-fi also. I like both actually. Yeah, All right. And what's the last part of that question? Memorable film or something? Oh my god. Any movie that stands out in particular for you? Uh, stands out. So many films stand out, man. 
So good. Interstellar. Like, uh, in, in any action story, it's a part of it. Well, we, we talked about Mission Impossible just came out. That stood on Trump as like pure action set no, pieces. Black Tongan stood on like, crazy. That stood on every level, man. Emotionally. Yeah, the political stuff in the movie is really... Yeah, that, that really stood yeah. out as well. And then, of course, we already spent like a good 10 minutes talking about Lord of the Rings in the beginning, and that Which also is... stands out. And Harry Potter as well. So, And, of course, that that's all not counting the superhero films and that have their own merits as well. So what's the next question? This is from Retrograve, at Retrograve Production. So he asked, why do some creators not accept new takes on characters or properties and act like gatekeepers to it? Why do new creators? Why do creators in general yeah. so, I mean, deny and not accept new versions of their of characters? I mean, I'm sure it's coming from like a, a DC perspective, I'm guessing, especially post-Justice League. And I would say, um, you know, I think some people don't give a studio like Warner Brothers enough credit. I know they get things like they call like they're called uh, not director friendly, but I think that's really limited to the superhero stuff. If you don't look at superhero stuff, I mean, they basically spent three hundred million to make an indie Blade Runner film, yeah, and so that true. film crashed the box office, made no money, but they spent like three hundred million just to make a very sick movie. So it's not like that. But I mean, and when things that happen, confidence gets shot. And and I would say again, that's very limited to DC again because look at Star Wars. I mean, they took a creators like Ryan Johnson took a huge gamble with Luke Skywalker and all these legacy characters. I made about close to 2 billion. And, you know, I made 1 billion, but I'm saying like the, so it's not like, the question was that why do creators act like gatekeep gatekeepers? I think that's not, like, I guess for Justice League that was a situation that happened, but I don't think it's a, a trend across the board. I mean, there is gatekeeping, but I think that's with more within fandoms than it is with the uh, creatives. So I guess, uh, you know, I guess I personally don't it's agree with the question. Here. Yeah. yeah, there's multiple layers to it, but yeah. I would say, why do they do it? Uh, I guess there's some depends on the person. Yeah, and maybe, maybe it's like a case by case thing. Yeah, maybe it's a nostalgia yeah. thing. Like one of the reasons why we didn't uh, fired uh, Junkie XL and brought Elfman was because he wanted to bring nostalgia, nostalgia yeah. back with Elfman's music. So I guess case by Remember, case. There's only there's only, there's only ever been one Batman theme. There's only one right. Batman. Theme. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ditto and everything. I think Shroud said. I think we all agree. Yeah, we all agree on that. Yeah. I think everyone, anyone else anything to add on that? Uh, I think you basically covered the Star Wars thing. They gambled with the directors. No, you're like, like, of course they made money because of the whole franchise. No, but they gambled with the characters a little bit, like to yeah, change and things and up. Still got a lot of hate. Yeah, but not from critics. They got from like fans. They made they made a delete twist. Like, uh, the actor. True. Oh, that's a Star Wars fan. They're nuts. Yeah, <laughs> some of them. Some of them need to chill on the <laughs> on the. In all honesty, the question can be also phrased with the fans. Why do the fans act like gatekeepers? That there's on a lot one of interpretation of one character, like Luke Skywalker, for example. Why? Why does he have to be like only one way, like one uh, kind of uh, like one kind of Luke? Yeah, it's true. And I think it goes both ways. I mean, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying that, oh, why aren't people accepting Henry Cavill Superman and only thinking about Christopher Superman? But then the same way goes opposite, and they completely deny Christopher Superman his legacy and say, no, Henry Cavill is the only one. He's the best one. There can never be another one. You can't accept any other type. So, I mean, it goes both ways. Yeah. You have to look at it from, like, a different lens. You got to step back a little bit and see how it really is. I mean, these characters evolve. They change. You just got to accept them for what they are during the times they're in. That's well said. I guess I agree with that as well. So, next question. I think we're running through them pretty good. Okay, so this was from at Zane Box. He asked, out of all the new books shown off in November solicits, which are you most excited for? He gave examples such as, Jeff Johnson's Shazam, Green Lantern, Justice League, Down to Earth. Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll take it from there. I think one of the examples he gave was uh, 
Jeff Johns coming back to write for Shazam. And uh, I'll take, I know the questions, for all of us, I think I'll just take it solo for this one. Yeah, the cover is more like kid friendly, but but here's the reason I'm talking about it. Shazam actually has been on hiatus since Rebirth. So for two years, he hasn't been in any comic books. That's true. So people have been dying for a Shazam book, and Shazam made good sales. Was he new to do? Shazam was actually running good numbers. And Jeff Johns, I mean, I think we all agree Jeff Johns works much better as a comic book guy than he does as a film guy. Yeah, so I, I mean, think he's written some. Yeah, he's written, he's written, he's written Flashpoint. He's written some of the greatest stories. Uh, he did. Um, he did, His Green Lantern one was so. Oh, good. and his Aquaman one. He made Aquaman cool, you know, for comics. Like, That's uh, true. That was a big. It was a big part. Actually, the Aquaman movie is taking a huge page from his. Uh, uh, his run in the comics. So I'm looking forward to Shazam just to see him back in the writing game. I know he's doing Doomsday Clock, but to see him come back full-time on a series, that's going to be pretty fun to see. Um, I'm also enjoying, I mean, Bendis' Superman runs high. I mean, there's it's some parts I like, some parts I don't. And then uh, Batman, you know, you got people doing things. Actually, yeah, but for me also, I mean, I think the Batman Damn series, that looks really good. I'm oh, really that's, on the, that's that. on the Black Label, right? Yeah, it's on the black, new Black Label. Yeah, so if you guys don't know, the Black Label is a side project of dc a unfiltered. brand new label where uncensored, uncensored and unfiltered comics will come from like some of the best creators azarel i mean he's a great writer azarel is great yeah. so i'm, I'm really idea. excited for okay. that yeah honestly so we'll move to the next question we got a lot right so we keep going right. through me lucky not done a lot but i another comic <laughs> one um all right so <laughs> this is from at miss river run so she asked any other comic universe you guys might be interested in other than DC and Mar DC or Marvel, and why would you like that universe on the big screen one day? All right, so I mean, it's honesty is the best thing here. So I would say that uh, we've actually mostly have grown up with DC and Marvel. So I know there's stuff going on with Image and Valiant and and other comics are going strong. But I think one day, uh, I want of course more comic book properties coming to life for good. I mean, uh, but personally speaking. I think we've all been comfy with yeah we've been comfy with DC and Marvel the juggernaut so we haven't been exposed too much to the other 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 brands and people more educated than us will definitely can speak on it more so yeah on that aspect think, yeah, yeah. so next question disappointing answer <laughs> disappointing yeah but uh, but you know it's <laughs> low key <laughs> low key no nah, yeah. but low key low key if you're honest DC and Marvel well, only, a like they're the big they're the big power, the big power. Yeah, what's it called? Okay, so they're not worth it. All right, so here's a funny one. Um, so this is at not Twitter. <laughs> That's <yeah>, Scott. <laughs> so he asked, "What's your favorite episode of Young Sheldon?" All right, Young what the Sheldon. Hell is that? I so have not I think that. that's like the Big Bang Theory like spinoff or something. Spin -off? Oh my right? God. You guys, uh, honestly, uh, we don't. Yeah, we haven't watched so, that. Sorry, Scott. We did not watch. Yeah, we do we not watch Young will. Sheldon. We have no plans to watch Young Sheldon. Or Big Bang Theory. Or Big Bang Theory. We never will, yeah. But, you know, all, <laughs> the, all the power to you. I mean... He does sarcastically, man. I don't... Yeah, anybody want whatever they want. No, man, if you like it, you like it, man. I, but it's not for us, bro. It's not our company. Let's be honest here. All right. All right, he asked, he asked another question, which I think is very interesting to all of us. It's a basketball question. Nice. So he asked, do you think in LA LeBron should play the ISO ball handler role? He played under Lou, or the wing post scorer with great passing like he was in his post trip. Omar, why don't you take it? Uh, isolation scorer because he can't. I don't see them. I don't think they have enough shooting on the floor, so I don't think he'd be able to go in the post and. I think I think I would do the exact opposite. I mean, have Lonzo handle the ball, get LeBron on the wing, stay in the post. And play in there. I mean, that's the best way. LeBron will use energy. He want to. LeBron handle the ball constantly. 
LeBron hates going in the post though because it, it takes a lot out of the guy. Because when he yeah, goes in the true. post, so much that's bumping true, but, going on. Yeah, but I mean, also, I think he knows he has a lot of young. I think, but I think, if he wants to conserve conserve energy, he can. I mean, I like I could see him there, but it depends. I think I, I feel like it drained him too much in Cleveland to handle the ball so much. Like even when Kyrie no, was yeah. there, he like, you know he felt after especially after Kyrie left though. That's this last year. You saw the way LeBron was like being used is like usage rate on the court was at an all time high. Like they were. He the ball was in his hands more last year than it was in any time of his career. Like that's uh, that's a crazy and stat. At his age is pretty and the fact that he's doing it, it's scary that, that he's doing it, but it's also taking miles off his career. Like who knows if last year actually shaved like a couple of years out of his career alone. Like that's just, true. So that's true. So I, I mean to answer that question, I would say I mean I would like to see him back in his Miami role, like Scott said, like back to being a more passer. That's if he wants to grow the team out. I think for next year. He can sa- I mean, if he wants to go for an MVP and just run for it, I mean, he can do that. But I think he should. I think you take next year as, like an, as an off year. Like he, they have no chance Honestly, of winning. Yeah, You're waiting on Kawhi anyways for next next free agency. I say just let the young players develop, and LeBron can just be like a passer. You go average yeah, triple thing, double. Get an MVP. This guy, could, this guy could, act, could average triple double. Like won't get an MVP if they don't get far. Yeah, he won't get MVP unless they have at least like 50 wins. But I don't think they're gonna I mean, get. Even last year, he's not getting 50 wins in the West, and. Uh, yeah, I don't trust no longer Low baller. Key. These clowns right NBA now. is freaking dead, bro. Two K, two K, two K is so dead. Two K, we'll take an offshoot topic to just let everyone know that Samir and Zion think two K is dead. Two K is so dead, bro. Dude, lucky. Two K is dead, and do not. I'm telling you, advice, do not waste your money on this. Don't waste your money on two K nineteen. What if some of our followers don't know what two K nineteen is? It's the the followers who know two K is. It's an illusion. Right? They're throwing out the same every They're year. literally throwing out the deception. same game with the new skin. <laughs> Yo, break right? break the mold. If you have 2K17, like, you don't need any of the games after yeah. that because they haven't just, changed anything. Just right. buy the 2K19 cover. It's pretty late. All right, these guys, the same thing. Put right. 2K18 in and you got 2K19. All right. These guys, these guys are buy a game by Spider-Man. Buy right. Red Dead Redemption. These guys are acting you know, like... Quality game. These guys are acting like 2K... These guys are acting like 2K, like, uh, I don't know, beat them up or something. 2K is the worst. It's just... They're doing their thing, but, you Too know... Too much money has been wasted. <laughs> yeah, Microtransactions are like at an all time high in that game. I we I think we we've given our negative review of two K enough. Now we're never gonna get a review copy. Two <laughs> K right, uh, uh, is so dead, bro. Alright, all right, so next question. At Richard underscore Woody, and he says that oh, essentially half his question is that he wants a game like TMNT to have an Arkham or Spider Man style video game. With cinematic graphics and open world, great story. Mm, no. You think that work? No. I mean, for what we watched TMNT a little so bit back in the day. No, but oh, what is it? What, 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 what he's busy pitching is having four characters, all the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. In Arkham Combat, that's not plug. You can plug Arkham Combat with Teenage Ninja Turtles, but putting yeah. an open world setting. Nah, as far. Loki will be lit though. Like if they pulled it off, I look like, what. But I, I mean, I would like, I would like would to see it. Work? it. That's yeah, so if you're asking, would you like to see it? Yes. If he thinks that would work, I think it's very, very uh, ambitious. But you never know anything's possible. You need the right, right studio to make it. That's true. There used to be rumors that Rocksteady was making. Yeah, yeah there, were, there were rumors about Rocksteady either going supposedly. for Superman or Ninja Turtles. Uh, I think I read. Hopefully, Superman. Superman honestly. Yeah. I guess. Remember all those rumors? None yeah, yeah that all died out. But people, all the hype was there was crazy. so much hype around uh, freaking so E3. <laughs> Boy, I tweeted that fake. Dude, we I tweeted all, the Man of Steel flying thing. Yeah, yeah. we all wanted to believe so bad. Yeah, I was. We were one hundred percent. We all wanted it so bad. But you know, maybe now, like supply and demand, like because people clamored so hard over the fake picture, Rocks would be like, "What the hell? People actually want this?" And like, there's like, there's so much money on the table. Just make the game. Yeah, man. I mean, 
But yeah, <laughs> again, we're off track again. Similar, what do you think about TMNT? Smear. just use this not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good. Samir, do you want to see? Uh, the you want to drink? <laughs> Samir, what do you think about TMNT? Uh, Delta Mega Games. I mean, the movies are pretty whack. I'm, I'm, no offense to anyone. Dude, were those animated shows of the old? The old they of them. were yeah, so they good. They were pretty good. What was that old? Those really old Teenage Ninja shows where they come on like talk shows. Here? Oh, <laughs> no, they, no, they there, was, there was an intro where they met the Power Rangers. <laughs> like, yo, Power Rangers, okay, Power Rangers, okay, I'm not saying this. Power Rangers is better than Teenage Mutant Ninja Okay, Wait, Power Rangers is actually lit. The movie? The movie? No, 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 Power Rangers is a franchise. In general? No, in general. Okay. In general. Let me say right Power now. Is better than Power Rangers is Loki lit. No, Loki. Power Rangers in space, though. Power Rangers in space is the GOAT. No, no one knows. Power Rangers, you know. I mean, Power Rangers in space is so lit. Dude, they killed Zordon in Power Rangers in space. Power Rangers is so good. To the fans watching, you know what I'm talking about. It's the old, everyone Yeah, it's cartoons, yeah. It's a live action. Yeah, but the... It's a live action one, right? Yeah, but the live action movie, the movie's part of the continuity of the show. Is the movie about some fire alarm? I don't remember. Where one of the Red Rangers is like a firefighter or something? What are you talking about? Even the, the new movie, even the new movie just Dude, came out. No, that one, that one, that one, that one has own problems. <laughs> yeah, but that movie that one could have been good. Yeah, it could have been good. I don't know <laughs> what. All right, but Power Rangers lit. Yes, Dude, Tommy's coming back. But I like. I'll <laughs> 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 the Green Ranger. Yo, it's, Ranger. Yo, it's three M we're talking about. Uh, the Power Rangers scene with the green jacket and they call Dude, I thought watched that movie. You haven't watched. You haven't Power Rangers. If they got the villain right. That movie yeah. wasn't. That movie would have been good. But the villain good. was stupid. Yeah, but they, that yeah, villain is the same got, one. They got a good actress for it. No, the actor was the no, but actor was the same character. Like Rita. Uh, no, Repulsa. the cutting, it was like it was like Suicide Squad. Uh, it's not, it's not go that far, right? Uh, Suicide Squad. Was, no, he's talking about DCU. Yeah, he said, how do you, oh, yeah. you get from Power Rangers to DCU? No, I'm just saying, how, uh, I was thinking, how did he get from Power Rangers when the question was about a video game of the Ninja Turtles? Because Samira started comparing Yo, this the, guy, oh yeah, this guy Because people keep disagreeing with me. It's oh, just, nah. That's the thing. Power Rangers are so much better than Team Ninja Okay, they're both good, man. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Team <laughs> Ninja Turtles are bad. They're both the same concept, man. They're both like I'm not saying with like colors. It's called what it is. Team Ninja sucks. I'm not saying they're bad. Are they saying? Are they saving? I'm saying. Yeah, are they both saving? No, no, they're not. They're not. Ninja Turtles are. Ninja Turtles are. Okay. Power Rangers over Team Alright, but Loki, Common Rider's aren't bad either. Dude, Common Rider is Loki. Common Rider is good too. I have people. no idea what you just said. It's like Japanese version of Power Rangers. But Common Rider Dragon Knight is whack. You're, you're saying it's the OG one. Common Rider. K A E. K A N E N. A A spell it. Rider. <laughs> Never heard of it. Alright, whatever, man. You guys are not in the know. All right. I bet. What's you the gotta, next question? What's the next question? <laughs> Alright, so that was a fun question. Um. We gotta talk about the Godzilla verse. <laughs> oh no, nah. the Kaiju verse. One, yeah, yo, what? How come? How come when they meant when the question about oh, what do you, are the interest? We mentioned the Kaiju verse. Oh, oh Godzilla. Okay, so this is the last submitted question, and this is a kind of funny one. So this is from at Film Blob Review, and they, <laughs> I know Shraz will love this question. Um, if you listen to podcast number six, it was seven, probably. seven, you know we kind of address this. He asked, who is your favorite Judas? <laughs> Judas. <laughs> like Judas. And I was like, what's the favorite term these days? Yeah, they're Number using one, biblical terms to talk about freaking... Uh, <laughs> superhero books? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, Mark Wade. Mark Miller. Two Marks. Um, or or Judas Jones. <laughs> Judas Jones. <laughs> Judas Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who wants yeah, this? He gave a fourth option. Or all three of the above salty comic buffoons who diss Snyder's work 
yet their own work is exactly what Sonata used for Man of Steel and BVS. So the last part actually is a pretty good point. But the other the other stuff... Loki it is. Yeah, Loki because... Uh, what was Mark Wade, right? Mark Wade. Mark, Mark Wade. Wade wrote... I saw Mark Wade wrote actually my favorite Superman comic ever, which is called Superman Birthright. Yeah. So, and actually Snyder used Birthright for Man of Steel heavily. And for some reason, and I, Mike, I think the reason actually inside is that they actually were talking to Mark Wade about writing a Superman movie before Man of Steel came out. And they ended up choosing uh, Nolan and Goyer's script over his. Ooh. And when Madison came out, he kind of threw a hissy fit mm-hmm. and uh, started crying. Not crying, but just screaming that, oh, Man of Steel is like the worst thing ever came out. He, he, got, he, made, he was part of like that anger that came out after Man of Steel. Even though he wrote Birthright, which is a pretty dark comic book. Again, I don't think any of them are Judas, Judas Johns. Uh, that, all those phrases kind of like are a little over Jimmy my head. Lightly. Yeah, so, uh, and what was the other guy? It was Mark Miller. Mark Miller. Miller Mark Miller, he did Superman Red Sun. So there you go. Like, there's people who did really good comics. And then Jeff Johns, we talked about him. He's done, like, a trillion great comic books. Like, his, Jeff Johns' legacy with DC is actually much bigger than I think some yeah, the fans deposit, give credit for. Yeah, I mean, if his only negative is Justice League, he has, like, 50 million positives they do in the comic book world. So, um, anyone else want to address this question? No, I mean, I think you handled it pretty yeah, well. Yeah, it's already done. I, you can, I mean, if you want to hear more about our yeah, the last on podcast, yeah. last podcast, the last podcast, we pretty much went one hour only on that topic and the more topics surrounding. And yeah, the general topics. The general topics. So you hit that up. Uh, that's our questions, right? I think that is all of it. So uh, that was all the questions we got submitted. Uh, we appreciate everybody, both on uh, Vero and Twitter. Shout out to everyone. Yeah, yeah shout out to everyone. Great questions. fans. Great questions. Uh, and I think we can now kind of segue and talk about uh, some big films we've seen this year, not superhero related. And I think uh, today, I think, like I mentioned before, uh, Zian and I, we drove up to Canada. So we're chilling with Umar and Samir right now uh, live. And so today we went to watch uh, Black Klansman, right? And we all saw it as our second time seeing it. And uh, first time addressing it in a podcast. So I think we just talk about what we thought about the film and... Uh, the direction of the film and some of our favorite scenes. Uh, we can all jump in wherever you want. Uh, yeah, spoilers. Yeah, uh, yeah spoilers. spoilers. Right, so, yeah, heavy spoilers. We're going to spoil this film right now. Uh, if you haven't seen Black Klansman, I know it's like more of an indie film, so go see it. Or if you don't want to, if you want to kind of skip ahead, we're going to probably talk about it for the next 10, 15 minutes or so. So if you want to forward in 10, 15 minutes in, it's up to you. But we're going to be going spoilers on this film. Who wants to give their thoughts first? Uh, I think I'll just jump in. Zanik, jump in. Yeah, I mean, that the film was, as you can see, I said on Twitter and Vero, I mean, it was such a profound film. Really good, really resonating. I mean, the message was very, very real under its satirical, you know, outlook on a serial style that, you know, Spike Lee is known for. Um, I mean, the cinematography was really, really good. I mean, I think the budget actually was pretty low for this film, and what they accomplished with it was really amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll agree right there. I mean, I'm the one who reviewed uh, Black Klansman for Comic Book Debate. And if you guys read my review, uh, I gave it five stars. Uh, I do think uh, at this point, it's my favorite film of the year. I think uh, I would agree. it's just did yep. so much great stuff with uh, a true story. And the true story is like nothing to scoff at. I think uh, the story of Ron Stallworth is very interesting and you can read his memoirs for a very direct look into his life and how he did, how he uh, accomplished things he accomplished. Uh, 
in his time at the Colorado Police Department. So, but the movie itself, uh, Spike Lee, I mean, Spike Lee is Spike Lee, you know, so he has a way he does things, you know, and, and he has... And as a New Yorker, Spike Lee's like... Yeah, we're New Yorkers, we know Spike Lee is our next game, right? But Spike Lee has a style where he does not pull his punches, and he's very direct with this thing. Like, you know, like, some directors have to hide their hidden meanings under, like, certain layers. Spike is very harsh with it. He just throws it out there in your face. So if he wants you to hear something, or he will make you very uncomfortable with, like, certain phrases or certain things characters will say, and then he balances it with comedy and humor so for example like um there's a scene where uh flip uh his partner who's posing as ron stallworth uh goes to uh, felix's house and felix is this like radical kkk uh, lunatic right and he takes him into his like little den and trying to find out if he's jewish or not right and there's a obviously like a harshness to it because they're using very uh obviously language uh, very yeah they're using uh horrible words and and using slurs and it's made to make you feel uncomfortable so people in the theater i mean uh when we watched it back in new york uh there was literally uncomfortable people getting up in our theater and walking out at certain points and then coming back right so uh it was like a different kind of feeling and then of course what spike does is that he'll balance that with like lot of humor so he'll like hit you with something harsh and he balances with humor and when if the film wants to get deep like it like towards the end when you uh they told like the story of uh of the guy who got like uh uh fake like a, ba- a fake trial person who was like mentally not well they blamed him on something he didn't do and then they made like a public holiday of uh his torture right so that's like very dark and then they balance quickly with uh a very like Topher Grace's uh, David Duke, like making a funny gesture. So these kind of things is what he's good at. And I think it was just brilliantly done. I think uh, very impressed with it. I think the best part of the movie for me was the score. Of course. Can we say it again? Yeah, keep, keep, keep talking. And what else was there? <laughs> the favorite scene was the firing range scene. Um, yeah. Not when they're actually firing, but uh, when... Ron Stallworth sees the aftermath, like sees um, what the KKK was shooting, was shooting at, shooting at um, little statues. What are they called? Yeah, little like um, what do you call? They look like they had afros too. Yeah, it's like supposed to be little like little, little African American children. Yeah, like children. Very like like five little kids running with very yes, Spike Lee being very direct there. <laughs> yeah, so he's being serious, like like just to the head and the eyes. Yeah, like they show like even the aim was. Yeah, like yeah. there's everything he does that is purpose. Combined with the score, was, oh, that was crazy. That yeah, was, and score was like impact. That, that I had, I was shook. Yeah, no, that was. And, I love like uh, I love how like he does like trademark ending sequence where like they will open the door and something and then like like the camera just moving. It looks like they're floating to the door. You know, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's like yeah. it takes it kind of changes kind of like the phase of the movie. The, they see the burning cross. Yeah, some of the scenes that that it's the way he shot them were so good, especially the. Uh, when Kwame Ture is that yeah, the, yeah yeah when he's doing his speech and they're showing like people listening to him yeah, yeah. they're showing like the way he shot that was so was yeah. a little different like you could tell and yeah. he does it multiple times yeah it's like a fourth wall break I mean that that speech is just as much for the audience as it was for the audience in the movie you know so it's like it's like a double meaning like where Kwame Ture's speech and I mean obviously if you guys know this is based on a real story so Kwame Ture is a real person uh, he did a lot of these same speeches and the police department actually did investigate him thinking that he was like radicalizing African Americans uh, and the crazy thing is is that this story 
takes place in the 1970s. That wasn't that long ago. That was like when our parents were growing up and stuff like that. So it's not like some people think that, oh, this racism stuff is like, oh, it's in the past. It doesn't matter anymore. And, and I think to address that thing, I need to talk about like how the ending sequence of how they spliced in that real world footage, right? Yeah, I mean, it was very, very powerful stuff. And it was almost hard to take in. It's hard to believe that this is actually still happening. And it's very real. And it's, you know, and only we can work together to try to fix it. Yeah. I mean, there's not more you can, not much more you can say about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's how you know people think very that. Intense. I mean, you know, like, the movie ends on kind of like right, right before the end of the montage. It ends on like uh, Ron Stallworth and all his buddies, like uh, kind of pissing off David Duke, yeah. and it ends know, on a kind of yeah, like how, like yeah. as a happy note. And then you get to look at David Duke like standing, thinking, "Oh, look, the heroes won." And then you think about it. Well, did the heroes win? Because the second after that, oh, they had their little win. Right outside of Ron Stallworth's house, there's the cross burning. And then you cut into, like, the score gets extremely somber at that point. I think the, yeah. you have to give, I mean, you talk about it. It was dead uh, silent, too, uh, when they showed the flag upside down. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then they showed, like, uh, and they showed, like, the untapped footage. You know, people, cars being run, running over people. And yeah. this just happened in there's Charlottesville. Trump defending them. Yeah, there's a Trump said that, oh. Very uh, fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides. I mean, I, I know this is kind of like a self uh, a self promotion, but when I was writing Ultimate Immigrant Story, it was actually the day after Charlottesville happened. So, and in my article, like if you read the first two paragraphs, I'm actually talking about uh, that exact event, what was happening in Charlottesville with the KKK resurging and feeling empowered because of our administration. So, um, it's a very moving thing, especially like even if you're not American, like yeah. me and Zion are American, and we're seeing it kind of like in a patriotic sense. This is our country. And we feel a different kind of connection to it, but even from the outside looking in, from Umar and Samir's perspective, uh, you get to see, like, like <laughs> I think they said it, like, make America great again and America first and all these, like, uh, again, Spike Lee's not holding, pulling punches. Like, these are the phrases that people used back then. They're using them now, and now the president's using them. So uh, it has its own meaning, you know what I'm saying? I think one of the biggest themes in the film was that racism will always exist. And he basically... After all the work they've done, you see a cross burning. Yeah, uh, exactly. But yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna jump off. Uh, jump off. I'm gonna just. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna jump off uh, Umar's point right there. <clears throat> and then that, that black films. Black films. <laughs> <laughs> it's three. It's three M folks. Deal with it. Right, so, Black Klansmen. Uh, it's just a brilliantly made film. I think we can talk about how films are crafted. Like, we have to take emotion. Like, we're emotionally attached to it because we live in this political world where things are crazy and we're living in, we're breathing in, we're experiencing it because we're minorities as well. But if you just look at the film itself on a craft level, I think we bring back Samir's point where he said the score. I mean, the score is uh, amazing. And uh, for those who did not see the film, I know it's an indie film. It's not going to make that much money in the box office. So I'm going to assume a lot of our listeners, especially the international audiences, they might not feel inclined to see the movie because uh, it's so focused on like one aspect of uh, American politics. But I would recommend seeing it. But in terms of the score, I'm actually going to um, use our intro and outro as p- parts of the Black Klansman score. I parallel in the scene where they're talking about uh, the tragedy of Jesse Washington, I think his name was. Yeah. And at the same time, they cut to the KKK initiating new members. And then at the end of the whole initiation and uh, about the sto- at the end of the story, like the black... Uh, the black activists, yeah. The black activists started 
chanting, you know, black power. And then they cut to the white um, extremists. Supremacists, extremists, terrorists, what are you going to call them? Chanting, you know, white power. And we really see that, like, in yeah, the Yeah, and actually, he did it. Spike Lee directed in a way that they both keep saying it so fast after each other that you can't even hear, like, then what's, who's yeah. saying what's, like, oh, yeah. So then it's, like, one of those very powerful scenes. And I want to agree, like, uh, that sequence is extremely powerful and uh, shows the divide, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think I think the scene right after, before it's been right after, where they show the entire KKK watching uh, *Birth of a Nation*, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. he was saying that how they showed that film in the White House, and he said, "Oh, uh, what was the quote? It was uh, history written by lightning, as yeah. if like that is the truth, you know? Like yeah. they show uh, African Americans as these like savage beasts and and all like the white women running around and and then the freaking like they show the Klansmen who are like this is what they're inspired by as these are heroes you know we know this is like a superhero podcast or superheroes like they actually showed in real life a person who lynches and burns and kills and tortures black people as the hero and everyone's cheering and Throwing their popcorn. Very it's like, scene, it's an uncomfortable scene. It's like an, it's supposed to make you feel like what yeah, the they hell? They showed the real movie. Yeah, that's the real and that's the real movie. I mean, so that's the, like is that supposed to be chills? The same thing with the story of uh, Jesse Washington. Jesse Washington. I mean, those pictures were real. Like the pictures they were holding up of his like charred body. That's real. That happened in our history, and that's something people can't ignore. I know, like a lot of people and things want to ignore racism because oh, stop making everything so uh, about politics and stuff like that. But like this stuff happens, and yeah, sometimes you got sometimes you got yeah, right? sometimes you got to take a minute to recognize it. And that's what film like this Eventually film would you do. You have to address the elephant in the room. Yeah, think, exactly. So yeah, true. I think even as a like from a Canadian perspective, like a lot of the you could see a lot of parallels to Aboriginals here, what they went through here. Um, and I I found that really fascinating that you see so many similarities, even though we're not American. You see that racism is something that it's not inherently American, but it's like. That's true. It's, it's prevalent everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And it's remember, like, it, honestly. And and when you got think about when, like, when the KKK and David David Duke, the clown, when uh, um, when he said the grand the grand loser, the, the wizard, the wizard, <laughs> the grand, when the, the wizard, grand when, loser. when the wizard says things like the grand um, asshole. David Puke, when David when <laughs> David Puke, when David Puke says, um, you know, make America great again or America first, like. What is great again for them? Think about it. What is their great again? Yeah, things should have been great. What's their great? Was great their, for them was their great uh, when there were slaves and black people were slaves? I don't, I don't like what? Make America greater. They didn't. That's more they like said a make it greater. Yeah, but yeah, the, but you know, you know, what he's trying to say. Yeah, like, and, and Donald Spike Trump Lee's director parallel. Yeah, he's trying to make a Trump parallel. Do why he showed him at the end? Like what? Like even when Trump says it. When Trump says make America great again, what is great again for them? You got to think about it. What is their great again? And. What go thirty years back? Go forty years back? Yeah, segregation what's the, what's the was segre was segregation what they wanted? Was slavery their great again? What the hell are they talking about great again? What was so great when when things were white? Like that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. People, there's such a racial uh, undertone undertone to what and these words mean. With a joke in the movie, like why why would the American people elect someone like David Duke? Yeah, the office. Yeah, yeah which actually then, happened, which is insane. Yeah, so. That. And, and I mean, Spike likes to be on the nose on this. Kind and of that thing. was a full on the nose moment. And they let you have those moments where it's like, wake up, you know, you got to wake up. Like, uh, this stuff is happening. So I think they do a great job showing it and just giving you, like, the whole picture of what Black Clansman is. And that's why it's a great movie. And even top of that, he gives it to you in a way where it's like taking medicine. You know, it's like sometimes it's going to hurt for a second and you kind of feel uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. Yeah. But then you wash it down with, like, I don't know, juice or something. Right? So he makes it a comedy movie. You know, so it's like there's a lot of moments where, like, the. 
the friendship, the bond between Flip and Ron, because they're both kind of playing the same character, but you can see their bond is growing, right? especially as... Because actually, it's interesting, in the beginning of the movie, Ron Stallworth wasn't completely embracing kind of like the Black Power movement and stuff like that until he saw Kwame's speech, Kwame Ture, and he got very like into That's it. That's the fascinating that. thing about this movie. He gives you so many perspectives yeah. within even one. Yeah, and then, like, you had, then you had the perspective of a Jewish-American who... Uh, has no like relationship to his culture because he grew up in a time where he's just white. You know, like he didn't he never think about what his religion is or what his culture. And he is. didn't think about it until he got assaulted. Yeah, until people you know I mean? start calling him like questioning him. Uh, yeah, questioning him. And he's like, what the hell? Like I'm gonna question it. And then you see like that bond growing. In the end, in the end, like him and uh, Ron are having their own handshakes, and you can tell like they're really good friends and actual real comrades, right? And um, that's, even then, I mean, that's just great levity for the film. Yeah. And even then, Ron is like uh, throughout the movie. Ron's trying to break the divide between the white and black. Like he's he's defending the cops, even though he knows that because he knows there's some good in yeah, them. Even though he true. knows that Pamela was assaulted by one yeah, yeah, right before uh, <coughs> Patricia. Patricia. Because <laughs> Pamela, Pamela, Pamela's, Pamela's a sister. Yeah, yeah. Pamela's a sister. Like yeah. a fake sister. Oh yeah, no, that's all good. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, also the actors really got the Adam Driver killing Adam him. Driver, yeah, yeah. Really good. yeah, I actually thought he was uh, he he might have been one of the one Even of the best uh, actors yeah. in Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, yeah. he did a really good job. Yeah, yeah, he was. I, I hopefully he gets more roles going forward and he gets more like big time. I'm sure this was upcoming. Yeah, this is a this, this is, is like a breakout role. I think. Yeah, so Adam Driver did a great job. Yeah. I think uh, Laura Harrier did a great job also as uh, Patrice. Yeah, I mean his dad is Denzel Washington, so I mean. Yeah, so he's, he's Denzel's son. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. That's, so that's that's big. And then you had obviously Topher Grace. You know, for us for us superhero nerds, we know he played Venom in Spider Man Three. Oh, yeah, and now he's playing David Duke. Yeah, he's pretty good though, Loki. As a, and then you had uh, he did a good job. Yeah, he did. And then you had um, Adam uh, Alec Baldwin came in the beginning. That was, like, that was, that was funny. Yeah, so, I, I didn't. I don't even know. Even what that was. even the Felix. Yeah, yeah, Jasper. Pacona, yeah, he did yeah. a good job. Of yeah, he he sells a lot Cor- of correction. Her name was her name wasn't Patricia, it was Patrice. Yeah, I just said Patrice. Yeah, her name was Patrice. Think. So, uh, yeah. but Umar was saying like they actually sold like those when they were casting the, the KKK. They sold it like, like they Felix's make you hate them. Like, yeah, honestly, yeah, you yo, they, you, they make you hate them. Like you're like yo, these guys. And so when eventually, uh, again, spoiler alert, so when, the they, when they die, stay safe. Yeah, honestly. you know yeah. if the actors can make you hate a character, and they're doing they're doing their job. Yeah, there's well. a few key characters. I mean. You really hate by the end. Yeah, yeah. I won't mention it, but the whole Felix, you know the whole Felix family, <laughs> Felix whole family. Let's say. So true. Oh my God, the wife. Oh my, the wife is oh mad at him. When he tackled the wife when she's planting the bomb, and he got arrested. Oh yo. He's undercover. And then it makes you feel like that happens now, like, like in a like the cast of crazy is happening right now, where a cop will, if a cop sees a black person and a white person, they're gonna like just, just history the saying they're gonna yeah. assume the white person is in danger, the black person is like. Is, I thought that he was gonna shoot Ron at, at that. Scene. Yeah, that would. Be, that yeah, was, there was a small. Because you give that tension where he's like yeah, very high tension. Yeah, the then, way it was shot, I guess. And you know that's how it's in real life. People like kids are getting yeah, shot, because, and because all the police, you know, they don't have guns. What's happening nowadays? That, yeah, that would make me think. Well, that's why that, that proves the that's brilliance true. of Spike Lee's huh? directing, directing, right? So that's why. That's why I feel like it's. The greatest movie this year, maybe. Yeah, so far I think yeah. uh, it's the best movie of the year. I give it five stars. Same. Uh, yeah, it's five stars. I think unanimous. We all give. Yeah, we all give five stars. stars. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's a great movie and did, had a great. It's message. good to watch even if you're not American. It's one of those movies that is good for you. It's like a history lesson. Yeah, even the theater, our theater here in Ottawa. Is yeah, it's a good cool. movie to understand the the different <laughs> ideologies that are that are yeah yeah past and it's past. a good wake up call also. 
for all people, whether you're white, black, we're not, we're neither, we're actually, we're also minorities, but every perspective is different. Everyone absorbs what you're seeing differently. So I think it was a great movie. And I think uh, to wrap up the podcast, we can talk about kind of like, Go year, Our favorite films ever, like top five. Ever top, or ever? Go, I say you yes. want to go year and then ever. You want to go this year and then ever. Top three. All right, let's go top three of 2018 so far. Who wants to start first? I guess I'll start first. Um, I think Black Clans, and we just said it. So far as the best film of the year, I mean, I think mm-hmm. seeing what films are kind of going to come out this year, I think it's going to stay number one. Uh, number two, I actually have Infinity War. I mean, that film was just such a great film. Really good. I mean, it it broke away from the classic Marvel formula, but while keeping it familiar. And then through the Fallout Mission Impossible, I guess. You go. You go. Well, I'd have to disagree with the Infinity War part. I mean, I agree with Black Clansman. Obviously, that's my first choice. I just said it. Yeah. yeah. But I'd have to put Mission Impossible above Infinity War. <laughs> nice. I like you also. You want you want me to go next? Yes. So I would say I actually have the exact same list as Samir on this one. I think Black Klansman is my number one film. I think we discussed the last 15, 20 minutes why, so I won't get into it more. Uh, then I have Mission Impossible second. I mean, this is just a pure filmmaking thing. I think Christopher uh, McQuarrie. McQuarrie, yeah. He did such a great job with um, the characters and with the set pieces. I mean, I think using so little CGI and kind of doing everything kind of like on hand uh, is the best part. And then third, I would put Infinity War as well. I think just, again, 10 years in the making. It's like one of the biggest crossover events. And uh, it paid off. I mean, your expectations lived up to it. At least ours I have did. Infinity War number one. Uh, although, like, I understand the kind of the political side of uh, Black Klansman. But I think Infinity War, I, I, I don't know, like, it's... On a pure enjoyment level. On a pure, pure enjoyment level, Infinity War, I like, I find myself... Like I keep going back and watching those scenes. Yeah. Um. And plus, uh, like the pop that you get in the theater. Certain yeah. yeah Entrances yeah. that happen. Um, Thor on Wakanda, yeah. Captain America showing up. What's yeah, your number there's two? A lot, there's a lot of great things. Yeah, like you, you could just go on. You could just literally go on and on about Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. What's then your... Black Klansman nice. for all the reasons that you guys said, and then Mission Impossible, obviously. Nice. So all yeah, three, yeah. all four of us have the exact same top three, just in different order. Yeah, it was like, surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, all of them pretty yeah, good. Yeah, the chemistry is real. I think uh, we all have the same feels. I mean, these other films are good too, but uh, there's some that are not. I think at, Black, this, at this point, yeah, Black Panther was a close. And Panther, yes. and if the listeners want through, it's three thirty. So, you know, <laughs> some right now. Yeah, so, you know, more films will come out throughout the year, right? So, uh, <clears throat> I mean, at the end of the year, we'll still have got Venom year We still got Venom. Aqua. Yeah, Venom. Aqua, I, mean, yeah. I'm not, I don't think it's gonna change our, our top, list. I think top three is pretty solid. But I, I don't know. Aqua could sneak in. We'll have a full Aqua, list. Aqua might sneak in. Kind of yeah, Aqua might sneak in. I'm not gonna lie. Like if it does, it'll be third. But I, I don't think so. For it to sneak in, it has to be. Insane. I I'm forecasting it at fifth. Like after BP. Yeah. Or I, or actually, I'm keep, keeping the I'm keeping the door open if someone can take BP spot. Black Panther spot. I really nah, don't know about that. But I, I want Aquaman to surprise me. Really actually, if in all honesty, I think Black Panther even is, it's better than Mission Impossible. I, I would go to. I would so you change your so you change your list. Yes, yeah, so I got two cape. The three thirty AM change. Infinity War, uh, Black Klansman, Black Panther. And all right, all right. Yo, all right. <laughs> Dumbass. All right. So, um, do you want to do all time or do you want to take share the all time? All time is the same. Lord, Lord of the Rings, Rings. Yeah. all time. Man of Steel, Dark Knight, Inception. All right, all right. So, all right. So, 
uh, finally. So now, I guess to wrap it up, we all say our number one favorite film. Rings. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. All right. So I guess. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was right. a good talk. That was a pretty. <laughs> that, was, that was a fast talk. No. But yeah, that was the debate part of Count Debate. That was the debate part of Conway that we're just... Uh, we don't really debate, we disagree on everything. We disagree. Yeah, <laughs> well, we disagree on some things too, but yeah, we're, I guess the chemistry is on a level where we're kind of like agreeing on things most of the time. Uh, let, let's go into the, the other films. Okay, Lord of the Rings, okay, number one for everyone, but then after that... Alright, after Lord of the Rings, I mean, I, 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 I think of Lord of the Rings is one big film. Like, it's one 12-hour epic. True. I mean, if you don't, then it's the top three. If you don't, then I have a uh, freaking uh, Return of the King. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. I Return of the King, Fellowship, Fellowship. pretty changeable. Same, it's like three, one, two. That's the order. <laughs> and then sometimes it's one, three, two. And yeah, then you really can't tell. Loki, three and one, like you switch back and forth times. And then some other films I like are like uh, Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Oh, what a surprise! <laughs> what a shock! And uh, a shock. I love BVS. Django, of course. Oh, the God- yeah. Godfather. Godfather. Godfather films. Godfather. So uh, I love Django. I love Interstellar. Okay, you love all these films. Inception. Make a list, fam. I am. You can catch on Letterbox. Follows on Letterbox. I look. You can catch on Letterbox. You know, we're also on that. But top five is Lord of the Rings as a complete as one. Uh, Man of Steel at two. This is pure enjoyment. Not like not like uh, I'm not ranking them on masterpiece level like filmmaking. Three, I would say uh, Godfather <laughs> two. Then maybe Lion King. Yeah, Lion King. Lion King's Lion lit. King is lit. And then, and then Shin Godzilla. No way. Oh, <laughs> Shin nah. Gojira? Yo, Shin Gojira is so good, Gojira bro. Just so lit. Mm. Alright, can we take a second to say how lit uh, King, of, no, King, no. Of, King of Monsters looks like? Dude, that Dude, looks... King of Monsters looks so good. It looks so good. It looks so good. Good. It looks no. so good. Dude, Uma Logi lying right now because like, he's not though. into like the Godzilla-verse. Yeah, like... Like, it's so like good. slowly, it's so slowly we're trying to, slowly the three of us trying to get Dude, more as into soon as the bring, Kaijuverse. As soon as they bring in, I'm into that cape just, shit. As, <laughs> as soon as they bring in Mothra, yeah. Umar will be on it. Yeah, Umar's going to be, yeah, like somehow Mecha Gojira comes up, then Mecha? we should, we should. Yeah, no way. I bet, no way. Yo, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to wait for Space Godzilla yeah, cameo. Space Godzilla. Yo, actually Space Godzilla is kind of, it's kind of cool. Dude, the whole Kaijuverse is pretty lit. Yeah, Kaijuverse is lit if you count every single Godzilla from the party. Like some multiverse of Godzilla. What are you doing that? Why are you doing that? All right, that's it. All right, so so I mean I mean um to keep it to keep it to keep it a hundred keep it hundred keep it a hundred. It's three thirty a.m. and we're kind of just recording this the night before we drive back to New York City. So uh, hope you guys are just bearing with us uh, on through this podcast. We know it's not live, so we I'm know. Right. I know, but like we're gonna sound mad sleepy. I'm guaranteed oh, compared so to compared to our other podcasts. But you know, we're gonna have a fun guest next month. He's gonna be, uh, we'll announce it soon. We're gonna announce it soon. So I think you guys are gonna enjoy. It's gonna be back to our interview style. I know this one are more fooling around, kind of having fun talking about movies true. and Does taking questions. Shmay Shmalova. <laughs> Uh, but it's gonna, he's gonna, uh, it's a cool guest, you know, people are gonna know him when we announce it. I mean, he's been around. He's been around, he's done, he's done a few things, yeah, he's done a few things. You may know, you may know him. Yeah, so, I'll announce that probably in the next few weeks, I would say, uh, as soon as, as soon as I kind of, like, figure out a date. I mean, let's take a few seconds to talk about NYCC, I mean, we're all gonna Oh, yeah, 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 so, we're all going to New York Comic Con. All four of us yeah. will be attending. Uh, so if yeah, 
Black Sumir. Yeah, no, if you guys are if you guys are gonna be there, we're gonna have our riders there. We're gonna be there ourselves, uh, walking around covering the event. Uh, I think this is gonna be the first event besides the Black Panther Challenge. Yeah, the yeah first the, event that you like people. Yeah, as the four of us. Yeah. So if you you know if you, any of you guys are there, uh, we're gonna be very friendly. Obviously, we're ready to talk to you. Uh, We'll take some pictures. We'll talk about comics, all that stuff, you know. So we'll be at Comic Con this year, October fourth through seventh, and uh, I guess that's it, right? We guess we covered all our yeah, topics. But yeah, a lot of people are gonna be there. Jason Moe is gonna be there. Amber Heard's gonna be there. The entire Aquaman cast exactly. will be there. Yeah, we got Shazam cast Levi is gonna Levy. be there. Yeah, exactly. Levy. Levy. But I love you. But I already love you both ways. Levi Levy. Uh, it's like the jeans. Yeah. You know who he is. Shazam. So, I got a good feeling DC is probably going to be coming with some stuff at Comic Con this year. Hopefully. So, uh, yeah, but I don't think they're coming with anything. Like no, no, no. We're gonna get, I think we're going to get uh, another trailer. We're going to get, we're gonna get a final Aquaman trailer. It might get a Shazam clip or something. And it might get something Wonder Woman. So, that's, that's pretty good, guys. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, if you want to catch us on our Twitters, uh, you know, I'm at Shrozfruki underscore. Then we have Zeon's at Zeon Faruqi. Uh, Samir's at underscore Samir Hassan. And Umar's at, uh, was it Umar? U-M. U-M. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. if you just go to the comment debate, at comment debate, we're all tagging like the first. Yeah, yeah, we're all tagged. Tweet. Tweet. Yeah. So. And then, of course, we're on Vero. Uh, Vero True Social, great uh, platform. I we, think that's where we get a lot personal. Yeah, I mean, that's where we're more we're more personal talking about our own lives, get kind of like a sneak peek at what we're doing, things we're up to. Uh, like the, we we talk about like our workshop that we've been doing, and then uh, of course, if you're into like uh, seeing our individual film tastes, our film reviews, our scores, our rankings, and our lists, uh, we're all also on Letterbox, so you can find us there. And for a much more uh, specific film experience, so I think uh, something for everybody. Uh, the Faruqi Bros are everywhere in that sense. And uh, thanks, guys. Uh, from myself, are you guys gonna be dad? Or are you nah, I think that's it. You guys are good. All right. So, so from myself, from Zeon, from Umar, and from Samir, uh, this is Comic Book Debate, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace uh, out.